the sheriff of truth here for some call me tim i'm gonna play some breakers but hey i'm here with you your host pam benjamin hopefully the toya is on her way on her bike getting here super cool thanks for joining us on mutiny radio.fm and sf i tell you to go to asiento tonight but it is sold out you can still come and get some drinks and listen to some great comedy or join us tomorrow night at the bar on dolores first and third thursdays really great lineup tomorrow too um all people my age, <laughs> uh, older people, Lolita D, Griffin Daly, uh, Susan Maletta, hilarious Susan Maletta, so funny. God, I love her. She's so funny. Uh, really great show tomorrow, though. Really excited for it. Jason Cole. So it's like all the old people. Yeah. Watch, boy. Full length. Oh, wait, let's do a full minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See, See you next month. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey, Mutineers, Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Since 1971, the San Francisco Tenants Union has been fighting for the rights of tenants and for the preservation of affordable housing in San Francisco. Starting from the struggle for rent control in the 1970s, the Tenants Union has been the city's leading advocate for tenants. 
The Tenants Union is supported by membership and counseling donations, and this enables advocacy to be uncompromising and not influenced by pressures from government or other funders. It is a 501c4 since it campaigns for political candidates, so generally donations are not tax deductible, although large donations may qualify. Please visit WFTU.org for more information. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Black, black, plastic. Mutiny Radio. FM. Saturday. Noon to two. Every Saturday. All music. All night. ACLU of California reminds us that we have the right to speak out. Both the California Constitution and the First Amendment to the United States Constitution protect our rights to free expression. There are many questions we face when we decide to organize and speak out. Do we need a permit? Are there limitations? Or when or when can we not demonstrate? What about civil disobedience? For all of this information, please check out ACLUNC.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Alex! Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! Because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again! And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be... Like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? 
That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! 499. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. MutinyRadio.fm Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, Write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders. Look good on camera. End all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And... Invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. Hey. Mutiny Radio listener, it's time for some call me Tim slash the AltaCast slash whatever it is now. Uh, I've got Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth, here. Yay. Beautiful spring day here in the Mission. <laughs> it's it's not spring. It's November, but it feels like a spring day. It's, it's a gorgeous day. Yes, yes, I am. Am I on? Okay, there we go. We had to, we had to do the little, do the little trick, the shorten the board trick. Uh, so next week is Thanksgiving. Thanks, killing. Yeah, uh, let's murder some turkeys and some pigs. <laughs> and Definitely going to be doing. Uh, we're doing a friendsgiving here at the station. So if you're a person that doesn't have a place. Uh, my buddy Jonathan Ortiz has an RV, and he's going to park it right here in front. So there's a kitchen in his RV so I can keep things warm. So I'm going to be, uh, I think I'm going to debone an entire turkey and turn it into, uh, you know, two spiced rolls of meat. And I'm going to do them on the, 
the barbecue here outside at Mutiny. And then I'm going to do everything else at my house. So I'm going to, like, when I make that, I'll make stock so that I can make gravy and I can use it for the stuffing. So I'll make stuffing, mashed potatoes, all that at home, and then bring it here to put in the oven to warm up in the rig. And, uh, yeah, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It, I mean, I, I didn't know what else to do. And I was trying to figure out, oh, how can I use the station? And because I really didn't have anywhere to go and blah, blah, blah. And so I thought, ah, Jonathan's RV will be perfect. So uh, his friend Shree and Jonathan and I, we're going to put this all together. I think my buddy Suggest is going to come down. We're going to see um, my two homeless brethren, <laughs> Chad and, and Bobby Weaver house band. I think they're going to be hanging around, which would be great because, you know, they live in a car. <laughs> what, what time is this festival? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, five o'clock. Yeah, well, because we want it to be light out or whatever, and um, you know, I'll probably be. I mean, I'm always here at noon anyway. But it just depends what I do next Wednesday and how much prep I do. And although, I mean, I can, I can cook Thanksgiving dinner for twelve like so easy. It's so not even a thing. It's like make make the cranberry and the, and once I start deboning the bird, like everything else is. Uh, it's just a lot of, I mean, it's really easy. Food is just a lot of prep work. Um, yeah, you gotta cut up all the bread. Will there be any weed in the turkey? You know, I, I'll probably, I already made some, um, I could make something. Uh, I have a bunch of olive oil I just uh, infused with THC, so I can put it into anything. I'll probably make a pot, like a pot focaccia or something, some kind of bread with weed in it. Um, but I made these incredible cookies and I, I gave them all away yesterday, but I have the dough at home. I should have baked some this morning. I was too hungover, though. I wasn't hungover. I felt kind of fine. I just, I'm just, last night, I don't know how I got home. And I hate it when I do that. And I did eat. I had a Trader Joe's salad and a banana before I went out. Uh, so Skinny girls I did. I didn't mean, I didn't mean to last night to be so, to get so trashed. But I had two shows. And now that I hosted OMG, I get drink tokens. Is that where you got that's, in danger? That's what, well, because I'm getting free booze, you know? And then I I got on the bus to go up to the Hates Debates where I was on that show. And, you know, you walk in and they know me and they're like, yeah, get Pam a beer. Okay. Yeah, I shouldn't have had that. I should have not had a beer when I got to Milk Bar. Um, but I, I slept many hours last night. I mean, nobody else was in my house. Like, nothing untoward happened. All of my stuff didn't lose anything. I just only lost a little memory. I'm, I'm assuming... That the show was over before 10. I didn't stay. And I just got on the bus and went home. I think. I took the 7. That's what I think. I Girl, took the 7 careful. bus. I know. I know. Be careful. Yeah. But. But. Yeah. Well. But I had fun. Good. Yeah. I had a fun night. Plus, she did tell me that she did drink the well. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about OMGs on Tuesdays during the show is it's two for one well drinks. So, I had two, my two beers and then I was like, I'm going to get a double whiskey. And so I did. And then I got another one after that. And then I went to that other show and I had a beer. So I was, uh, I was, uh, so, so, so tired. I was so struggling. I was pretty tight, you know? I was pretty tight. You had the thing of whiskey after dark. Yeah, I'm not supposed to drink whiskey after dark. And I threw that out the window. And now I remember, <laughs> as I can remember very little, what I do remember is why I made the rule no whiskey after dark. And that is why, friends. Oh, I heard also that, um, my new edibles uh, that I made, I made these caramel things that 
they really fucked someone up. And I was like, I, I'm like, I'm sorry. They're only 20 milligrams. Was it the ones that you made last week? The caramels, yeah. Yeah. The, or that I chocolate dipped. Yeah, yeah, I actually ate some of those. Those are really good. Mm -hmm. I don't like sweets like that, but when Pam does bake and it got weed in it, I will mm. eat it. Well, so I brought, I made some really pretty ones because I wanted to show off to the coffee shop guy because he... You know, they run like a bakery and, and they do puff pastry. And I was like, well, I'm going to show them my little, because they looked, you know, they were inspired by C's candy and they looked like little C's candies. I, you know, I wanted to show off to Sam too. So I gave him, I gave him both uh, the edibles and I eat them like nothing. I, I, it doesn't even affect, I forget that 20 milligrams can really fuck people up. I, I just don't even think about that. It's like nothing. Oh, it's so yeah. My, I can do, I mean, my God, I smoke so much weed. It's insane you ever smoke so much weed you forget how your own shower works <laughs> it's one of my... i mean i i've smoked so much weed in a mall parking lot and i thought i saw deer animals and stuff. it was like in high school you saw you saw ghost animals. you saw your uh patronus yeah, yeah your patronus I, I, came out i'll never forget i was sitting in my uh friend mikey's uh saturn and we're outside of a parking lot. This is when I lived in St. Louis. And like, every, the mall had closed and we're sitting there just smoking. And I just remembered, I think that's one of the highest I ever got on smoking, that is. Not yeah, edible. sure. But yeah, uh, that was like 20 plus years ago. I'll never forget. I'm like, ooh, I've been chasing that high since. Yeah, right? See, it's seeing the animals in the parking lot. Yeah. Uh, I saw a couple weeks ago on my walk home, uh, when I walked by the park, when I come down from Haight Street, you know, there's this little park on the side. I saw two foxes slash coyotes. I don't know. They were white. They were really light tan and they were running together. And then moments after, I saw two raccoons okay, that, that ran across and then they sat up on top. One of them jumped up on top of a little trash can and he was like sitting there and I was like, oh, okay. And I'm like waving at the raccoons. I love raccoons. I think they're the cutest animals in the world and I, I love their little opposable thumbs i love their little smart brains Those things will fuck you up i'm sure they would, <laughs> they would claws. yeah the little claws and they wash all their food they're such clean little motherfuckers they like get into like they they wash all their stuff they'll find water like fountains and stuff and they wash all their food and if you have a koi pond that you have fish in, they'll fish. They'll eat they'll fish. Eat they'll fish. murder goldfish if they're in your backyard. They'll they'll pop up once in a while in my backyard, and then uh, sometimes at the back door you'll see them climbing up yeah. the roof. Like uh, like last year we had a family of raccoons, and so because the, the dogs would go crazy. Oh yeah. And I remember like uh, one time just having an eye to eye duel with one of the raccoons. Hell yeah. yeah I'm just like you know what oh. you got this. I'm not even going out there. You, oh, I that, love them. I love them. I feed them. I, I like to give them little bits of pastries. I'm like, you're my friends. Come on back. I, I love raccoons. I don't mess with them. I learned from being a camp counselor. Don't mess with them, raccoons. Mm -mm. But why can't we befriend them? Because uh, I don't want to be friends. I leave them alone. I leave them. Just don't, just don't knock down trash cans and stuff. Do what you want. I'm going to leave you alone. Because they can mm. be aggressive. Sure, sure. So... No raccoon attacks for me. Now you mentioned uh, coyotes, and that's that's also something that's been happening after COVID, or not. We're well, we're still in it. Never mind. 
But uh, there was an influx last year. I remember reading about like a lot of coyotes and stuff coming into the city. Wow. You know, so that's probably that's still space going again. on because everything was closed. And then a lot of these animals are being displaced like people. Like people. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's why you're seeing a lot more like uh, coyotes and stuff like that. Um, and raccoons in urban dwellings. And even in some places uh, like deer. I know in Chicago now you'll see deer in the city proper. Nice. Hey, bring the nature back. I'm, I don't, if anybody who says global warming doesn't exist is insane. Today proves it's, it's almost fucking winter. Had, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like I had 70 degrees shirts. out. I had, a, it was, I was sweating. What is going on? Global warming. Yeah. I mean, it only affects San Francisco positively, but no, seriously. All right. And we're about to head into the rainy season too. So hopefully, you know. We need the rain. We need water. It's true. Um, back to being super high in the shower and not knowing how it works. I actually, I, I'll be, I've been so high recently and it's been freaking me out in the shower. I probably shouldn't smoke pot before I get in the shower. No. But um, <laughs> showers are so fucking slippery. And I was sitting in the shower and I'm thinking there, trying not to fall down and being super nervous. I'm like, I'm 47 years old. I'm going to fucking fall down in the shower. I'm going to bump my head. We've been having showers for how many years? Why have we not yet developed the technology of having unslippable showers? What the fuck is going on That's here? That's what they put the little like uh. Yeah, but like it shouldn't. It should be tub rugs. Right, but you shouldn't floor. have to. It shouldn't be a separate product. Tubs, showers should. Why would you not have a floor? A, a non-slip set stuff. It depends how old your building and your house is too. Because you have to take in consideration that showers, a lot of people were taking baths for the longest time. And yes, showers became a thing where most people now do take showers over baths. But depending on the building, if you have an old tub, most likely you're gonna have a slippery shower. It's gotta be slippery, it's all slippery. And I'm telling you, like my biggest, not my big, I have a lot of fears and it's not my biggest fear, but it definitely ranks on the list mm-hmm. is falling down in the shower. When no one's around. When no one's around, I live alone. Yeah. If I could hit my head on any number, I could slip, I could, oh my God. And I'm like thinking, and I'm thinking, I'm 47 and I'm still pretty flexible. Uh, what about old, old people? How do they even get in and out of a tub? Like what happened? They have, I mean, hopefully like they have like the railings and stuff mm-hmm. and a life alert. Life alert. <laughs> Help I've, me! I've, I've fallen and I can't, can't get, get up. up. I've fallen and I can't but get no, up. But no, that's I've childhood. almost slipped in the shower about a month ago, and I was I stoned? I think I was, and I caught myself because I got a glass too. Mm. That shit's dangerous. But here's yeah, another. you could crash if you had a glass shower door. You could crash through the shower door. Fuck yeah! I'd be my own what's her face, Janet Lee and Psycho in the shower scene. The glass would be stabbing me, not the individual. But like, I will say this, even when we got our uh, bathroom remodeled about what, six, seven years ago, our tub is still slippery. Yeah. So it does, I, what the fuck? Yeah. Why not, why not just make bath, I mean, and this is a super high thought, but yeah, why not make bathtubs not slippery? Here's another super high thought, and we'll see if anybody has any pay out there. You got money? You wanna invest in my idea? Um, I should write it to myself before I tell people. I'm like, who's listening to this? Anyway, <laughs> so a new product because of this menopause thing, right? Here's the thing. I don't like having to shower every day. I don't like having to take a bath every day. 
because I feel it's very wasteful of water and, I, and I've never had to. I mean, I, I can go, like, I didn't think I was stinky before, but now with this whole menopause thing, this whole sweating for no reason, man, the bacteria is growing on me. Like, I'm, I'm smelly like a 14-year-old boy and I hate it. So I want to create a product that's like a wet wipe but it's marketed to menopausal women. So it doesn't have a lot of alcohol in it, like baby wipes, because you're wiping up shit. You know, like, so baby wipes, there has to be a lot of alcohol in them or whatever, because you're cleaning up poop and you want to make sure that you clean the poop off, right? But for my women of a certain age wet wipe, it would be more like, I don't know, fucking moisturizing or some shit. Like, it would have, um, Something like that. I don't know. Does that does that product exist? I Damn think it. They already have something like that. Damn it. And I, I thought it was such a good idea. I was like, oh and, man. <coughs> excuse me. And I think it's the same product that I use. Um, it's a black owned woman. She does their own tampons and stuff. Damn. It's like a lavender. I gotta find the name of it. Yeah, like a lavender wipe. Yeah, it is a lavender wipe for like right. the body and stuff. Fantastic. And especially because it's geared toward women who do have like you know, their menstruals or what have you. So I guess it would be geared toward menopause or what, since you're sweating and you're stuff. You're sweating. Oh my God, it would be amazing if there was like a a menopausal body wipe that, you know, was also moisturizing or something and, and just made me not smell like pastrami and corn chips. Because <laughs> seriously, I don't even eat, I eat neither of these things. That's not true. I've been eating Fritos lately because someone, someone left some here and goddamn Fritos are good. I mean, I'm not like a chip eater, but and I don't eat them just plain. I mean, obviously, I this morning for breakfast I dipped them in baba ganoush that I made. I found it. This is I'm so off the rails because I'm pretty high right now. But I I found an eggplant in the street. I found a street eggplant. I was walking with Jonathan and I was like, "What is this eggplant doing?" And they go, "This is just a perfectly fine eggplant." So I picked it up and put it in my backpack. And he's like, "You're an insane person." No, I didn't think he was like, "You're really taking the street eggplant." I was like, "Yeah, I've taken the street potato in the past." So I got here, I showed Chad, and he's like, yes, you should probably wash it before. I was like, no, 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 I'm going to make it into baba ganoush. So I just threw it in the oven and charred up the skin. And then, uh, you know, took out the center and added olive oil, salt, pepper, a little bit of basil from someone's yard. And what else did I add? There was something else I added. But it was vegan. It was good. Do you think that does sound good? Now, because I don't pick up street food, but... This wasn't a dented eggplant, obviously. No, it wasn't a dented eggplant. It was fine. Or what they say in the UK, aubergine. Yeah, this aubergine was fantastic. It was. Um, it didn't have any. It wasn't gross in any way. I think it just fell out of someone's basket. That's yeah. So I was like, I'm not gonna let this street eggplant not be enjoyed. <laughs> like I love fucking eggplant, you know, and especially in a, in a baba ganoush. That's kind of one of my favorite ways. That sounds actually. Really Although, when I was growing up, my mom used to make a really fantastic. Um, fried eggplant. We'd do it with, um, she'd make eggplant parmesan and she would, you know, crisp up the eggplant on all sides. You you could do it in them. First, now, now this is the trick I learned. I don't know why we're talking about eggplants. I'm an insane person, but mine just got moldy yesterday. I had to throw it away. I was going to make a parmesan. So the way I do it is I slice it and I, you know, I, Sometimes I leave the skin on, sometimes I leave them off. My mom would leave, take the skins off. I like to leave them on because I feel like it gives more structure. But, you know, you slice them like, I don't know, an inch and a half thick, inch thick, an inch. And then you put a little salt on them on both sides. And you put them in between paper towels or in between towels and you 
you let them seep out some of their liquid. And in that liquid in the eggplant, there's kind of some bitterness sometimes. So when you salt it first and it sweats, it seeps, and you get that liquid out, it consolidates the flavor. And then you don't have as much, it doesn't get as soft and liquidy and weird, right? So then I dredge it in flour, blah, 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 uh, and then egg, and then uh, breadcrumbs. And let it sit before you put it in the pan. You want to make sure that your breadcrumbs and the egg become friends and it'll adhere better. And then, because um, otherwise what will happen sometimes is if you put your breadcrumbs on and then stick it straight in the pan, it just falls off. And you're like, what the fuck's going on? But you have to let, you have to give it like 10 minutes after you, you egg and then you breadcrumb and then let it sit. And it makes a huge difference. Well, so and then when you fry it or whatever, and then I just use um, mozzarella sliced big nice slices and I mean if you get the fresh mozzarella even better when the water packed stuff but again you want to moisture is kind of your enemy um oh I found uh you're asking about the uh, whole menopause ripes yeah yeah there's a ton now uh, they, they're basically feminine cleansing cloths feminine cleansing cloths yeah. all right like now I've noticed now there's a lot more brands because I think that's you were talking sorry to cut you off about no no it's great I'm just talking about eggplant parmesan um <laughs> Sounds good, by the way. Um, yeah, because the feminine cloth thing is getting kind of popular. Now there's like a lot of brands that do that due to maybe they want to uh, not shower as much. I like to shower. I take whore baths. That's me. Sometimes. Sure. Well, you know. You know, you've got to watch the cooch and the tit. And the I need tits. to get I need to get a bidet because that would be, God, that would definitely that. save a bunch oh of, God. you can get them, you can install them. Or, because, I mean. That would clean so much. Why I don't remember so eating it. So people, people keep saying, you know, you are what you eat, but I don't remember eating an oil painting. So it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> there's been problems. I have my poor underwear. And then it's, oh my God, I just can't even talk about that. I'm a weird old lady now. It's And here's the worst thing. Because I'm like going blind. I mean, all old people go blind, but the oh. macular degeneration, I mean, I can't see things up close, but I can feel the hairs on my neck and I can't pluck them. I didn't realize that I had really long, egregious titty hairs. Oh, really? And I had no idea because I can't see a goddamn thing. I get like, the hairs on my neck. Oh, I, I do can't. pluck those. I, I pluck them. I have a magnifier. I'm like, I'm, we'll spend like 20 yeah. minutes trying to find it and pluck it. Because I feel it. I feel like this one's so long I could pull it out with my fingernails. Yeah, like you need to shave. Yeah, I, I need to shave. I actually kind of like plucking them. Off my neck, it's weird. But the titty hair, I've not had that yet. Please explain. Oh my God. It is, I don't know, maybe it's a white Jew lady thing. I don't know, but I get these long black, I can't even see them though. Where are they? They come out of my nipples, baby. Oh, they're out the nipples. Yeah, they're all these boob hairs. I got nipple hair. I got to pluck them. I'm getting chin hair. I got it all. Yeah, well, and, you know, um, my ex-boyfriend, Jonathan, the amazing, wonderful Jonathan, uh, the co-parent of my beautiful cats, he usually plucks my face and i think that i think that lately he hasn't wanted to do it because he's like because <laughs> we're we're like we're like uh, we've negotiated an open relationship which is working and uh yeah okay, we'll yeah yeah we negotiated like adults it was really crazy but i'm thinking that because we've done that that he doesn't want to pluck me anymore because he doesn't want to make me he wants to make me as ugly as possible for other dudes <laughs> He's like, trying to set you up. No, I don't know. I'm joking, but yeah, but we did. We negotiated an open relationship. Wow, that's good. See, this is called growth. It's growth, and yeah. it's actually 
especially i really suggest that to couples who have been together for a while i don't ever suggest it to people who are like a year in or two years in right. to their relationship because i'm sorry i i don't believe in monogamy i don't believe i do believe you can fall in love with a person mm -hmm. but again as mammals we're animals we do have a craving sometime to look the other way and sway a little bit but not not in the form of i'm trying to fall in love with this person but there's just certain urges that we as humans have see for me it's not it's not necessarily sexual though it's right the, the open relationship part is like so it's that i came to the realization uh, as a as a narcissist it thinks about myself all the time because I don't have kids or anything else but cats uh, and since I only have to fulfill my needs yay uh, but that my needs cannot be fulfilled by any one person alone and it's unfair to make somebody take that role because of this monogamy that is built into the social fabric of where we live so for me it's more like I want to be like, and I shouldn't name him, but this, that specific person, he fulfills so many of my needs and is so important, but I don't want to, our relationship didn't work when we spent every minute together all the time. Like everything was combined and, and it's codependency and it's not, you, you know, like I've met people that satisfy me like, um, intellectually. Yeah. And, and then there's people that like stimulate me creatively and it isn't fair to put that on one person. And then, but then he'd feel bad cause he'd be like, you've never written a song about me. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you make me too happy. There's no, there's nothing to write about. I, I'm sorry. Like, but he fulfills something else in my life, but I can't lock myself down and be like, I have to negate these other parts of what I, can experience from people because of this particular relationship. So it really doesn't have that much to do with sex because he's actually the piece of, piece, of, piece of best sex. Like he's, I mean, we've known each other for years. He knows so what he's doing. The intellectual, not saying he's not intellectual stimulating, but having versatile. He is intellectually stimulating, but you know, he does. I, I sort of started seeing somebody who has a PhD in chemistry. I, I've, I'm a sapiosexual. I find it incredible. I love professors, like the concept of a professor type person being interested in me is over, it just titillates me to know, I'm just like, a, I'm just like, oh my God, a professor, because that's like, wow. And I don't know, like, anyways, but it's, it's just exploring avenues of other potential because the mind can be quite sexy yeah you know and for me like i'm just i'm not i mean i don't know i guess i like sex sometimes i'm just not that good at it or no, something or no, I'm, no. it's a performative you, you, thing and yeah, i feel weird about it, it and... it's kind of like i said last week you don't use it as a sport you are more of a romantic type i am pretty and romantic. so that you know the reason and i totally understand your reason why for having an open relationship with that there's a lot of people that do that um, where it's not about just the physicality of being with someone else. It's also having that intimacy. Yeah. Uh, that's what it is. You know, not saying that other person is not intimate, but there is sometimes 
step. Not, I, I don't even like to say stepping out. Oh, that's well, no, gross. it's it, it, but it's the Having way I've been understanding. I, I think I described it this way last week, but I'm not sure. I described it this way to someone. I said, it's not fair to have a monogamous relationship with somebody or a marriage or a whatever and have expectations of them that make no sense. For example, if I just decided, if someone said to me, hey, Pam, I think you're great and I want to be with you and only you and we should lock this down. But what I really need is for you to be a computer programmer. And I'm like, that's never going to happen. I'm not good at that. I'm an actor. I'm, I perform. I memorize things. I don't write code. And they'd say, gosh, you know, I'm just so disappointed today that you aren't a computer programmer. And I say, well, that's never going to happen. So when you start having relationships with people where you have expectations upon them to be something that they're not, that's like fucked up. And I kind of realized that that through, and my marriage, my marriage was like that. And there were expectations put on me that I'm supposed to be this person. You're supposed to be this kind of stay at home mom, Martha Stewart type that it's like, what am I supposed, what do you want me to be? Who am I supposed to be for you? And I was trained and raised that that's what women do, or that's what good, or that's what we're supposed to do, do. women do, is that we're supposed to lie and fit in a box and... Cross your legs, But all that, you know, that Mrs. Maisel stuff, and I remember from the 50s even, and she'd wake up super early and go put makeup on and make her hair perfect and then lay down again so that he'd think he had this perfect wife. And it's like, excuse me? Mm -hmm. All that work for what? Like, but, and you look at those like what women have been expected to do. We've got to pluck our fucking chin hairs. We've got to shave our legs. We've got to laser our twats off. We've got to do something to be what? To be sex, to be good enough, to be what? And just all the expectations. And I, I'm glad that I can recognize how I was doing that to other people. Like yeah. I have expectations on them to be something that they're not and so i'm trying to recognize that and be like oh no we can be adult about this right and i think that's a good thing that a lot of us young folks are stepping into that kind of role of stepping away from monogamy because a lot of us come from families obviously who practice that or we've seen how monogamy does not work at, but divorce has <laughs> divorce does you know and you know i'm you know a lot i need to read more about polyamory because people are getting that confused with open marriage right. and open relationships. Sure. So we've got to get the definitions on that correct. I think polyamory is when everybody's in the relationship together. together. Right. So you know about the other people. Now, those are some of the rules that we've already set up. And, and that was some of the boundaries that we discussed this weekend. But it's usually the man. And there's some sexism a little bit when it comes to poly from, you know, certain things I've seen and read where it's usually the man who will bring someone else in. I haven't seen too many chicks bring other people in see now the only poly relationships i've seen are then there's a girl who's sort of like the master tenant if you will Mm -hmm. and then sort of the queen that everybody else is sort of around yeah that's what i don't like well and i I, hey if i'm the queen i ain't got no problem with that but here's the there's here's the difference is that in polyamory you talk about each other and you know each other's existing you you can even you discuss that's like they're friends they're all together whereas one of the boundaries that i just put on this with um, you know who uh, is that I won't talk about about other guys around him at all oh abs- yeah that's oh my gosh pretty pretty like- 101 but I, I but because 
some of the people that I like, like I, you know, there's the whole coffee boy thing. Uh, and that's not a thing and it never has been a thing, but even mentioning it would just, it, no, it, it's it makes him crazy. It's, it's rude. It, and it actually could, it makes people feel a certain way. Yeah. If you were to do that, I would want someone, you know, I, well, I've actually, well, my thing is I'm a little bit curious. Uh, that's but, me too. That's why I told him, I was like, tell me about your, I don't mind if you tell, yeah, like I said, I want to know I actually know. who the people are that you're involved with. And it's other not than me, me trying to set someone up uh, for some stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's just me with like, uh, you know, I'm just curious yeah i'm curious I'm it's for me jealous. it's curious you know for me and it's not a jealousy thing either it's it's that i'm just i'm legitimately curious yeah and just to see like wh wh what else are you pulling <laughs> right 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 i don't get jealous over stuff like that i'm so glad i don't have that bone in my body i mean i do for other things i do for other things but yeah. when it comes to like relationships or some uh, another female uh flirting with my guy i enjoy it i enjoy watching that well that makes me think that somebody else thinks he's attractive which i appreciate that's, that's what i think the yeah. whole time but yeah. the majority of people don't see it that way i'm like yeah he's, he's women pretty cute can be some really jealous broads dude yeah yeah you know and that's where the insecurity oozes out yeah I'm trying to think. I mean, the things I get jealous about are uh, uh, not not that. Uh, mostly, it's like stage time. That's my big. That's my big <laughs> problem. Is like, well, and that's what I realized also is that I have effectively pushed every relationship away from me for stage time. Like, because you you love your career, you love your yeah. But when it comes down to like, not and not you, obviously, because you just invited me to Thanksgiving, but. When it came down to it, I was like, what am I doing for Thanksgiving? I don't have any, I, what am I gonna do? Jesus, I, and I'm trying to think of like friendships and relationships that I've maintained and they are few and far between. There's like you and the good Dr. Katie and uh, Jonathan, which is good. I'm glad I've maintained a relationship with him and drummer comedian Aaron Barrett. But other than, I mean, geez. And I was thinking like, wow, I've that really- That chat dude's kind of hot. <laughs> Which dude? Oh, isn't Chad? I know. Isn't he a doll? Oh, I, I actually, I'm like. I, you two were flirting. It was fun. Did that you notice that? Yeah, I could tell. I was like, he is in. I was like, Chad's into, Chad's into Toya. He's I didn't cutie. notice that. I was like, is it? are we flirting? I yeah, it was super flirting. cute. I like the fact that you observed that. Well, yeah. Well, he's also, um, Chad is very gregarious. He is, uh, he is a charming, charming man. Like, yeah, oof, very, very charming. Yeah. We had a discussion the other day, and I was like, you know, if you were like 6'1", you could be the president. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, Pam, don't I know it? <laughs> he was like, he's like, yep. I was, he's like, I can't tell you how d difficult my life's been. No one really takes me seriously because they've always been like, you're incredibly good looking and charming. <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, that's just what I built because that's what everybody always told me I was. And I was like, dude, if you were like 6'1", you'd be unstoppable, which is kind of a dick thing to say, but that I, I if you were that, tall. But people do have preferences. I don't get mad at people when they have a preference of like height and like hair color and I, you know, stuff like that. You, you start to cross the line when you start to talk about ethnicity sure, and, sure. and, and colorism. And height, and then you know, height is just one of those things. I don't care. I've dated short guys. Mm -hmm. Well, no one's shorter than me because I'm short. Yeah. Uh, I've dated tall guys. You know, 
but for, I noticed with a lot of ladies and even men, my my significant other, he likes women shorter. I'm like, I didn't know that's a thing for y'all. Yeah, maybe. It, I mean, I like I like blondes. I like or the boys that used to be blonde when they were little, but then it's little See, right darker, there, that's you know. the pref that's a preference. It's a preference. That's I've always preference. liked blondes. I've always had a thing for blonde guys. Yeah. Yeah. They imprinted on me in my youth. <laughs> they did. I was, I was always like, mmm, mm, blonde boys. It's but, it's hard. Getting old sucks, dude. But at least you have those people that are going to join you. You know, there's still, I mean, unfortunately, there's a lot of lonely souls who aren't going to have zero yeah yeah it's been things killing one yeah yeah and i think with what you're doing you are actually feeding people for free kind of yeah well it's they, food stamps i mean i just i have so much food stamps right now but it you're would, passing on good positive karma too i hope so you're helping you know and for those who don't like you said who don't have anyone to spend things killing with sorry guys i call it thanks killing <laughs> uh you know my reasons uh, I think I think that's a good idea that what you know what you're doing, you know. Yeah, I mean it's I just I love I mean I love the station and I don't know what else I'm doing with my life. But also, I've, but I've, also, I've, spend it with my baby. Have that open relationship too. I got to be open to my station. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have a relationship with this place. It, I know it's a, it's my baby. It's my child. What right. would I what would I do without Mutiny Radio? I I don't know. And then some say, oh, it's an albatross around your neck. Dump it so that you can go and wait, get a Netflix special. I'm like, who, I don't wait, know. who said this? Oh, just comedians and stuff. They'll be like, yeah, why are you? What people, well, people have said, what if you didn't have to run the station? What if you just lived your own life and you uh, were just trying to be a comedian? Think about how much more successful you'd be if you could focus all of your time in comedy and not be divided, you know, with the station and whatnot. That is, in all actuality, that is like the same thing as becoming a big time movie star. <laughs> Not everyone, a comedian will get a Netflix special. There are comedians that have been out here on the road since the 70s. Sure. Who are still struggling. Casey McNeil, he's been in comedy for like 36 years. Tony Sparks Tony has been Sparks in comedy for like 40 years. Right. He, didn't, he ain't got no Netflix special. I mean, there is like oh, so many people that you know, that love the craft, that love the, what they do, but <laughs> <laughs> that, God damn it, threw I, me off my square. I'm sorry. That threw me off He's my square. He's being so nice. I'm, I'm going to move <laughs> on now. I'm glad you got podcasters just, we'll, we'll gossip later. You're okay. Uh, but um, that love the craft and love what they do, who will never probably get an HBO special or a Netflix special and they're still like you know living in hotels by like touring all the time well yeah anthony and andrew norelli he tours he's been a professional comedian since we were in high school together well after high school he didn't did he go to club i can't remember but anyways he started comedy right out of high school so he's been doing it for over 30 years as well and he is a hundred percent clean comic who mostly does like conventions and shit he's been working he's a working comedian like that's Those what he does yeah well he lives a life and he has you know he he makes enough money to be and he makes a lot he's a professional comedian oh, and he has been forever he was, he was at the festival too andrew norelli no oh no no i was thinking of andrew norelli is um i mean i went to high school with him 
And uh, I got to open for him once. It's just so funny. There's a picture of us on my Facebook. And we look, we both look exactly like we did in high school. And it's really <laughs> funny. Um, I was so start, but I was like, oh my God, and he let me open for him in That's Danville. Awesome. And there were all these people from, from high, high school, school that were there. there. I know. Wait, when was this? Oh, a couple years ago. I, why do I not know about this I story? don't know. When this, I, I can look on Facebook and see what year it was, but... Um, Steve, I remember one of the guys, Steve Elders, was there, and I remember him in high school being very, very popular, very, very good looking. And he was still very good looking, but he was still in Danville, and it's like, he never <laughs> left? Gross, do you still live with your parents? Like, what's wrong with you? Oh, no. No, I didn't say that. It's fine. There's you nothing wrong with it. living with your parents. Jeez, I, I wish... I I don't know. My parents I, still live in Danville. I think there was a point in time when if you've never left your parents' home, you got issues. There's a difference between coming back home because of mm. financial reasons. Or to take care of them. It, exactly. That's another one. But if you have never left, you got you got some Norman Bates issues. Maybe. Or just maybe because it was Danville and everything was so sheltered and protected. You never have to really live a life if you just stay there. Listen, I'm from Springfield. So you've mm -hmm. got the Vills and the Fields. Mm -hmm. um, and when I see some of my friends who are still there... I'm like, I can't believe you're still here. There is nothing going on here, dude. Nothing going on. I mean, the, luckily, the, most of them have their own homes or they moved into their parents' homes and the parents sure. got another home, kind of shit like that. Right. But Rich people shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, it was just like, you know, it's not the fact, like, I had so much hopes for you. I wanted you to get out. It's just like, these were some of the people that were very cocky and what have you. And I'm like, but... You're so cocky, but you're still... High school the was the place. best years of my life. Why would I ever want to leave? Right. These are the best years of your life. Anybody who says that is... I can't even... Child. I can't even. I just... Oh, my God. Oh, there, there's so many people. Oh, I, I'm curious, though. So, like, was there, like, a lot of people at... Uh, the show yeah from, from high, high school. school yeah absolutely did you have a moment where you <sighs> where i felt fucking super cool yeah <laughs> so i've there's been a couple times that i've been recognized by people in high school and it's been really fucking cool and one of them was that time and the other one happened when i first moved to the city i was you know 32 then i had my 33rd birthday and it was shortly after that and i was wearing uh, funny enough i was wearing my old cheerleading jacket <laughs> and i was walking um, I, I used to party at the homestead. You know, I got oh, 86th from there, but I used to be at the homestead all the time. Oh, yeah, so I was outside the homestead, and these four guys from high school come waltzing up, and it's um, they all played. They all used to play basketball, and it was uh, Randy Wynn, who's baseball, and this was when he was playing baseball oh, too. Baseball so, player. and it was so it was Randy Wynn, a guy named Todd Benatar, who I had a huge crush on. Oh in wait, high school. he's part of the Benatar family, right? He's, he's Pat Benatar's nephew. He was a really good basketball player in high school, and I was I, one of the reasons I became a cheerleader was because I had such a crush on him. I was like, I'll be around him, maybe he'll like me. But he was on, <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Uh, he was on the team with Randy Wynn, and Mark Madsen, who went off to play for the Lakers. Oh, he was standing there. This is all the guys in the street. And there was another guy named Max. And I don't remember his last name, but I do remember him because I knew him in second grade. He pushed me down at the Golden Skate and I broke my wrist. And I remember this because I went home and my mom was like, you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. And I was like, Rah. and the next day it was all super swollen and big. And she was like, oh, my God, maybe you weren't being a hypochondriac. Uh, maybe we should believe you when you're crying. Well, I don't know. Anyway, lessons. Uh, but so Max had pushed me down. And then Max was also the guy that in freshman year, oh, God. I ran for 
student body president because I'm an insane person and I have no idea what I'm doing in the world. So anyways, I ran for student body president and I ran against Max and he got up on stage and said all these terrible things. He's like, you're going to vote for this. Who is this? Like he just said terrible things about me in front of the whole school. And I was just like, what? Okay. But so this happened and hanging out in front of the homestead, looking cool, fucking wearing my cheerleading jacket, being cute and shit. And those four guys came up and, and it was funny because the Bart, something happened where the, it was it was the farmer days and the farmer came out and something anyways it was a really great sighting and I looked super cool and I was like whoa because it was just like I don't know so you had all like four of these athletes yeah you that you went to high school that I went to high school the two of them were famous or whatever and they were thinking I was super cool because I, I did something I said something to something or I don't know what happened but I looked really cool in front of them. It and was that moment that I've been waiting since the 1980s. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's just like the other. Well, so there was another moment that happened. Like I had a crush on this guy, uh, Jeremy Orvik. God, I was in love with him in high school. And I, you know, I was a prude. I didn't have sex with anybody until I was 20. Anyway, I moved to the city and he and I started up a little correspondence. And I didn't know about like one night stand DTF kind of stuff. I didn't I didn't know that was what was happening, but I got to have sex with Jeremy Orphic. The my, the boy that I was in love with in high school. school. Yes. It was so like awesome, but then also now I'm like, "Eh, whatever." But it was like this I mean, I just left my husband and I moved to the city and he came up from Santa Cruz and he was in he he was an ER doctor and I was oh, like, shit. "Oh my god, I know." <laughs> I know. I know. And and I was super hoping that that something would happen, but it was just a it was just like a But I think I think he thought it was a, a pity fuck, which is really sad. But no, Let's not think what he thought anyway. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. Who cares what his thoughts were? The That's fact true. was <laughs> it's the fact who gets of, to do that right you know i mean because like high school middle school and high school are the worst the worst the worst and especially when you're oddballs like myself and i'm assuming you pam yeah you know like i ran. you talked about you ran for student uh government and yeah, stuff in yeah. freshman year i ran for homecoming queen i knew i wasn't going to win how do you even I run just, for homecoming queen you I, get to put your name in a hat because i never if i not, knew that was an option i would have fucking but I didn't even know. I thought you had to be nominated or something. Well, yeah. Well, well. To I, I ran, but I didn't win. Mm. So like, I think there was like nine of us or eight of us who were running, and I'm like, I'm just like, I'm just gonna do it and say fuck it. I wasn't your traditional like homecoming queen nominee. I was like, I used to wear one of my pictures. I have leather plant <laughs> zebra looking. No, no, they're cheetah pants with some red and black platform shoes and an orange jacket. Mm. And then my float, I'll never forget. I did not put any effort on it. I have a picture of it. You had to make a float. Yeah. Cause, uh, yeah. Cause all of us would drive down. This is in the suburbs. Uh, we would have a parade for homecoming and stuff. And so we would drive down the street, uh, got the street name, whatever. It's in St. Louis. And so uh, all of us who were running had a float. And with so, flowers? Like what? Yeah, with like ribbons Tissue flowers, paper. Like and a parade kind of float, kind of that shit. What, is, what was your design on your float? Oh, I didn't try hard at all because I wanted to be punk rock and like not give a fuck. Okay. So at first it was my friend's 1991 white Corolla that had like a bunch of bumper stickers on it. 
And then my aunt, she had a, Ford, a brand new Ford Explorer. Ooh. So she's like, honey, why don't you just use my car? So I said, okay. And so, you know, you're supposed to have float parties and stuff like that. I'm like, fuck that. We're just going to smoke weed and chill. <laughs> I, I will show you the picture. Uh, the only thing that my float had was bows in the front, bows in the back, and a big uh, poster in the front that says, vote for me, homecoming queen, 1999. <laughs> I did you not- You should have done like a, you should have done like a party like it's 1999 Prince theme thing. Oh, of course they were. Yeah, But you love Prince. I love Prince. And because it's homecoming queen. Anyways. Well, I- Prince, it's 22 Prince. years. Okay, too that's late. true. I know. I'm sorry. We'll <laughs> have a. We'll have apologize. a. I just. It, it was um... questioning your past. <laughs> but you know, it was one of those moments where I'm like, everybody. I get. Yes, I did want to be seen. Yes, I. It was freshman year, and I was awkward or what have you. So the only best way for me to. I love that new term. I need to be seen. I, that that term didn't exist when I was little. Like I need to be seen. That didn't have now now little kids all and they all get to be seen i yeah i'm not gonna lie i wanted to be seen and heard and also you know i did not want to be just a basic bitch mm. coming in you yeah. know and our school was so black and white and just like everybody was the same and it, yeah it was boring sometimes so you had to spice it up hell yeah I'm looking Man, I was spicing things up. I just didn't. I just didn't know. I mean, I was, I was the butt of every joke. It's fine. I've always. It's you either. I think that's why I do stand up now. Is I have no concept of shame because I've been so embarrassed in so many ways in my life, mm-hmm. by myself and in context of other people. I mean, I told you about when I was a sophomore and I asked a boy to the Sadie Hawkins dance, but I didn't just ask him in person. Oh no, I asked him over the radio. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. One oh six point one. Yep, called in, KMEL. And was that the night that everybody was listening? Then it was the night that everyone was listening, yeah. Yeah, so I got to school the next day. And and he said no. He said no on the radio. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I dedicated a song to a boy. His name was TJ Huddleston. He's in prison now. Ooh. I feel nothing. I'm just, I like karma. That's all I would say. He He tortured me. Uh, this is right before I moved to St. Louis. Like this is at the time when those phony ponytails were in style, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> and we were at a basketball game. I think I told you this story, and it was packed. It was like championships, and I'm sitting. He's sitting behind me, and I'm just like, oh my god, he's sitting right behind me. And I was with my friend Tamika, who uh, R.I.P. Uh, oh. She was really popular, so she was kind of like a big sister to me. This mofo, T.J. Snatches <gasps> my ponytail. He off. touched your hair. Yeah. What? Can, uh, it, it, he was a brother, but it don't matter. It doesn't. You don't know. You don't touch he, a black woman's hair. Like, you would snap them off. I remember they were like banana clips. I still have one. I think a banana yeah. clip with fake hair in it, and then you put it in, and it gives you like a poof. Poof. Yeah. 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 He snatched that off my hair head i was so embarrassed i felt like the whole <gasps> game stopped just they're all gonna laugh at you moment. yeah and so oh that, my god that was very traumatized well it's an assault it is i mean assault. he touched you he touched part of your body 
touch part of you without your consent. He would leave me it's on not cool. and, and like pretend like he liked me and then make fun of me and stuff. But and that meant he liked you, I think. I think that's what they, that, or so I've been told that if boys make fun of you, that means they like you. I, I guess. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't understand it either. It was cruel. We were I just like, like in, people to be nice. I'm like, just be nice to me. Gosh, darn it. I was like in seventh grade and he was like in eighth grade going into ninth. And so it was just like, oh man. Like, well, Luke Branches, the 13 year old, has the funniest joke about that. He's in eighth grade now. And he has this joke where he's like, man, one of my classmates, he's so gross. It's insane. He's dating a seventh grader. And we're like, oh, ew, man. gross. She's so young. I mean, she's 12. I mean, I just turned 13. But she's 12. That's gross. And he does this whole act out where he like stomps around. It's fucking brilliant. And he's a 13-year-old, so he's hilarious. And it's like a comment on pedophilia almost. He kind of get almost oh, gets there. Nice. He almost gets there, but he doesn't because he's 13. But he has another joke that's so good where he goes, um, yeah, one of my buddies, he goes to a Catholic school. He goes, one of my buddies in class asked me which member of the clergy I'd bang. And I said, none. Ah, ah none. Ah, solid fucking joke. Kid's 13. That, keep, keep at it, kid. Yeah, he's keep great. Luca it. Branches. That. I'm sorry. I'm looking for this. You're looking for the picture of the float. The picture, yeah, of my terrible float. Um, but I. What were we? We're, well, yeah, we we've been all we, over the map. But he's so forth. he stole he stole your your ponytail. TJ. Oh, yeah. TJ Huddleston stole my ponytail, and then like I was. This is like the last year I lived in Springfield, Missouri. Thank God. And then I moved to St. Louis, and boys really sucked. Teenage like. I really hated those years. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why, like, you know, when I was in high school, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to shave my eyebrows off. I'll be the biggest weirdo that, you know. And plus me being a black girl in the suburbs, you know, I was not like your typical black girl. I liked David Bowie. Right. I liked, sure. you know, rave culture and stuff. And like, you know, that's that's not black people shit. It's in St. Louis. Sure. So it was just like, but by the time I, you know, senior year came around, everybody was my friend. Oh, that's great. It, it was almost Were like. Were you everyone's token black friend? Uh, <laughs> I, I had to cut that I, shit off. I don't mean um, to be a dick. No, 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 no. no. Like, I, I, no, I started to notice that pattern in jun uh, junior, junior year. Yeah, I started sure. to notice things because a lot of my friends were white. But then I started to see I'm like actually the only one and mm. people are asking me questions. It was the preppies. I stopped because I used to I, I used to have a melting pot of everyone once people started to respect me. Sure. But I started to notice something. I was the token black girl uh, with a lot of the preppy people. The, there was always the sellout black brothers that only liked Becky's and stuff. Huh. And so... Uh, I was the token black girl where people would touch my hair and then started, oh. just certain things started luckily they didn't pull out my ponytail uh -huh. but I started to recognize that tokenism and I'm like Ooh, I'm going to start not I'm a branch out even more yeah you didn't want to lean into it i don't want yeah because i'm starting mm. to like everyone's hey we're having this party and there's gonna be a keg and you should so come and i'd be like you know or like a, a float party that i mentioned this girl Kristen, had a beautiful old victorian house but it was like all those basic people that were at the party the preppies and stuff that are always and i would be the one wearing the dog collar <laughs> amongst everyone with the red like bright red hair i'm like this is fun, but I'm starting to feel a little bit weird. 
So, yeah, I think I did play. Did you ever, did you ever, did you ever, like, try, did you, uh, this is like the kind of a crazy question to ask, and I'm going to try to be tactful about it. But (laughs) did you ever wish that you were lighter skinned when you were, because you were pretty, you have pretty light skin, actually, for. I used to get made fun of because I was light skinned. By the black people. By my, by black people, and even sometimes some white, some white saltines. Huh. Um, yeah, but mostly the colorism was even within my own people. That's when you know, when I moved to St. Louis, that definitely started happening a lot more. Like you talk white. Uh, oh, white, so light code skin, switching, sure. Uh, you know all those. Things. But you never like Michael Jackson did and put oh, I on never like. Never wanted to bleach. Hell no. Right, right, right. I always, I always, I never had a, a, a problem with my complexion. I loved my complexion. Cool. I used to hate when people would ask me, "What, uh, what is you?" Or, oh. "Oh my God, what's your, what, what's your mixture?" And I'm like, and then for a while I started to lie and play with people. Sure. And just lie and say, "Oh, I'm this." Yeah. And then walk say, away. Say Ashkenazi Jew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> Norwegian. I'm yeah. actually. I'm, yeah, I'm, shit I'm, like that. Yeah, I'm half Norwegian, half Danish. You're what? Yes. <laughs> it was, and then, and that, this was, and that was one of the reasons why I started taking up Spanish, like in junior high school, because mm-hmm. I really wanted to fuck with people. Oh, that. Well, you could be Puerto Rican in a second. Exactly. Yeah. If people knew that when the boat landed over here in the Western, or excuse me, in the um, Western world, uh, most went to Latin America. Not here in America. Right? No, it wasn't even. Uh, it wasn't even. Uh, what's it called? Florida. They were. They were down in the islands in the, in the islands Caribbean. In Central America and Brazil has eighty percent of the African diaspora. Huh? Where? Uh, was there? There was there. There was a lot of slavery in Brazil. I never even think oh about that. Oh my God! They were the last to uh, end slavery. Eighteen eighty. What? Yeah. Oh my gosh! I'm so ignorant. I had no, I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, they were one of the last. Believe it or not, America ended slavery before Brazil. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And Brazil, they got issues. They just play like they don't. Like, oh, no, we don't see color. Yes, they do. They're really sure. bad down there. And the post, you know, they have the caste system. Right. Well, and the, flip, I, the thing I find very interesting is that the poor people are on the hills. And the yes. rich people are all down in the, the center. The, the, the flavellas, yeah. But it's so funny because here we put the rich people on the hills. Because <laughs> then you get the good view, you know? Oh, I found the photo. Oh, good, 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 yeah. Too bad you guys can't see it on uh, uh, this podcast. We'll, yeah. we'll, put a, we'll put a little music up here, and then uh, we, have a, we have special guests. Oh, so special we'll bring him we'll in. Uh, we'll play some music. I'm going to look at this picture.
creepy music and we're back uh milla keller used to work at, i remember when you used to work there mckellar bar and the buzz works for a minute and let me make sure this is all well it's all working here we go Buzzworks, thank you. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. That Buzzworks was great. You let me do a comedy oh, yeah, show there. Comedy. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. cool. Comedy everywhere, all over town. I, I'll have to ask them. Hey, we're joined uh, by special guest. Uh, what? Uh, you had you were at a reading last week or something? What was going? What's going on? I had a, oh, you have to be near the microphone so people can hear you. A screening. That's a film screening. So you 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 made a film. Yeah. That's, oh, that's that's what I do. That's part of what I do. So what was the so what was the film all about? Uh, it was a uh, it was a program of short films in eight millimeter. It was dual eight and uh, regular eight and super eight. If you know. What, but what were the films about? Uh, newsreel, cartoons, uh, porn. Uh, was it like a whole movies? So you pa- you piece them together. You yeah, splice it was like them. A pastiche of all these different. Okay. Short films, you know, put together. All right. Covering like from like the 30s up till like now. So these aren't your short films. You're archiving. Well, some stuff that I films. shot also. It was like a oh. mixed bag of stuff that I found. You know, found footage and stuff that I shot actually. Uh, and you have an old timey camera. Oh yeah. And projectors. projectors. Do, do they make? They still make film for that stuff. They do. They well, do. good. It's, it's hard, hard to, to get. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they still make. It's like typewriter ribbon. They it's have, impossible. They have like a couple of shops left here in the city that do sell that film now, right? Yeah. Yeah, but they have to order. I had a, had right. some friends that were into Super 8 yeah. and stuff, and they would tell me how, you right. know, how difficult it was to get that. Getting it developed is even harder. Yeah. It's like one place. Oh, the one place in Kansas that does uh, developing. Um, in Kansas? Yeah, Parsons, Kansas. Did you go to school? When did you get into film? Did you, obviously, you've been filming for a long time if you have an old-timey camera. Uh, I started like 1980, 81. Oh. I made my first movie. Ooh. Actually, no, I, I made a movie earlier than that. My first movie was, you were talking about, I couldn't help it over here what you guys were talking about, but I was relating. I, when I was in grade school, I made a movie in, 19, in the 70s, dating myself. But it was a spoof of. I was really into Bruce Lee. It was like, oh, oh that's awesome. It was, like, it was like right around the time Bruce Lee died. It's like 72, 73. And it was like a collaboration with uh, other people in my class. It was like a three minute movie. And it, I became, I guess, the director by default. That was the first movie ever. That's actually and, awesome. And so the who? The cameraman was, had a spastic condition. So, um, and he was the cameraman because it was his camera and, uh. and it was his film. But the, the camera work was like really shaky and there was some really like ridiculous, ridiculous things. And there's one scene where, a um, couple scenes that were retarded. There's one where it's just a hop a fence, but then why did we hop the fence? Because there's an opening right next to it. Ah, that's <laughs> Another rad. one trying to fake blood and I uh, used ketchup. Ketchup. And I didn't think, think about cleaning it off. So all day I had like dried ketchup. Oh, gross. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Three highlights from that movie. That was yeah. my first movie and then, uh, didn't really make another movie until about 1980 in regular age. Did, did you and, do the uh, Did you do the fun tricks like uh, where you make people disappear or whatever? Where you like <laughs> That's what my dad used to do with the, the with the film camera. He'd go, okay, he'd say, okay, walk toward oh, yeah. um, walk toward the fireplace. 
And then we'd be filming, and he'd go, okay, get out of here. And then he'd film it, like, with nothing in the fireplace. And then you'd come walking back, so it looked like you walked in and out of the fireplace. I never did that. That's like a special effect. (laughs) Special effect thing. That was was fun. Uh, So So, did you go to school for films? uh, I took, uh, high school, I took... uh, one class, a video class, and that was it for years. And then uh, I took also a photography class. And before I got into filmmaking, I was really into photography. So it's kind of segued from photography. Oh, so you've always liked some kind of camera of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. And writing. I mean, the writing. Two, I was writing before that. You know, and then I guess filmmaking is some combination of the two. Yeah, so have oh, you, absolutely. So you've made, how many films have you made total? I don't know, man. Well, do you and do you write? Do you are you like a are you are you like a screenwriter? Do you write the whole script out first, or is it more like like what's your process like? That's a good question. Uh, Generally, if I write a script, that's it. I don't make a movie out of it. Oh, but there are exceptions. But I'll have like a shooting script, if you know what that is, Mm -hmm. of what the shots are. But generally, it's like a lot of improvisation, like off the top of my head. That's what I love to do. Yeah. Yeah. So the second movie actually was stuff that I shot around. I'm from New York originally. I don't know if you know New York, but Upper Manhattan. Oh, you were there and at the perfect time. Yeah. yeah. Oh I'm man. Lucky, man. Yeah. I guess we're unlucky. But I, I it was Downtown a double. Downtown 81. I keep thinking. Oh, you know that movie. Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah. I have a friend who was in that. Movie. But double, double, triple images of oh, like my neighborhood, like signs. And early movies had no sound. I was too too intimidated to shoot, interview people that came later. But uh, people would be in it as objects. Huh. You know? And silent movies, and then double, triple imagery. And then I made a movie out here when I came to visit early 80s. Double, triple imagery of the beach with a car tire going over it, you know, that kind of stuff. And then eventually branched out into movies with people talking. So that gives you some ideas. So were you um, super influenced by, like, Warhol and that whole... Well, I was actually more. I'm sorry. Were you gonna say something? Well, no, just the war. I'm trying to remember what his thing was called. It was like the. It was a factory. The factory. I was gonna say the box factory, but it was just. I was more into. uh, I was like. Probably the youngest person I knew. Uh, I would go to these like experimental screenings, and there were all these old people, you know. And I was like a teenager. I got started when I was like a teenager, and uh, I basically uh, was really into Hollywood films before okay. that. And then I met, was lucky enough to meet some underground filmmakers, not Warhol, but some other guys you may or may not have heard of, and they really personally knowing them influenced me. And there's a guy actually, I'm sure you haven't heard of, and he really. Somebody actually asked me to write about him. I'm writing this thing that's turning into like a book and shit. Oh. Somebody's going to publish somewhere. Nice. Let, uh, uh, Kenneth a Anger? Is that the... He was Ken- a poet in the film. I love Kenneth Anger. Did you, you really? That's my... I never I met Kenneth a... Anger, but I love Kenneth Anger. Nice. You know, he's still alive. What? I have yeah. a Lucifer What's, Rising Jacket. That's my... Lucifer Rising Jacket. Cool. Cool. That's and then, great. Man. And then uh, I, watched, I, I watched that film and I went... Oh come on, man! I've, I've, I, Kenneth Anger, I've, I I've, I've listened and yeah. watched a lot of interviews of him, and boy, does he think he's the best filmmaker that ever <laughs> made films. But he really thinks, and that Lucifer Wise is like 22 minutes. It makes no sense. I mean, it's like I made. I, it, I guess you can make meaning out of it, but it's, it doesn't it's have great, like it's like one of those art it's films, great. you know? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's absolutely. like an art film. But yeah, it's I guess like that's, what I, that's the kind of stuff I make. Yeah, yeah well, and that's great. And that's that's the, crap I make. No, but it's, I mean, art films have right. they have a place, right. and they you're, they're making sure. you think, and that's right. fantastic. I'm just. I have never been versed in that world. So when you I think of movies, I think of beginning, yeah. middle, end. I think of like narrative. really, yeah, narrative relationships. Right. The story moves somewhere. There's some growth. Right. There's some arc, and something happens. Um, but, but it's funny because uh, I used to tell people I make movies that 
that I don't like or that, you know. <laughs> I, just, I, I forgot, I had a line basically, something like that. Like I make movies that I can't even watch or that I don't even. It's funny, the, the early movies that I made, the ones in 1980, like Uptown, you were saying Downtown, Downtown 81. 81, like of buildings and signage and people walking on top of taxis. That stuff I never thought were, I would, you know, I never thought of it like showing it anywhere, like showing <laughs> to anybody. It was like a, like a home movie, basically. But as time went on, I saw what people were showing. I said, I've got stuff like that. So sure, sure. I started yeah. showing that kind of stuff. And then like a lot of the films and stuff, what I appreciate, yeah, appreciate it. Uh, was seeing the fact like some of the art films were showed at like your local kind of like uh, coffee houses right. and bars, yeah. and then Where when clubs were cool before my before I was born, they would show them at the club, right? You know, in like on the wall, like on projected? the wall, exactly, huh. exactly, yeah. Did you guys ever know Commotion? Did you know that place? Commotion? No. Or was that before you? Saw? That was an underground club. It was on 16th Street, uh, 277. Here in the city? Yeah. Oh. 2772 or 2779, 16th Street off of Folsom. And they, I thought of it because we were saying, like, clubs. And they had a screen that was made out of, like, cowhide. Huh. And I showed there, and people showed there, you know. And I don't know if you know any underground filmmakers. I, yeah, Recent I, ones. I, I only, I, I don't, I, I used to know poets, and now I don't know anybody. Yeah, right. I'm like, all I know is comics. That's all. Right, that's it. Comics. <laughs> I've, I don't know much about comics. I've completely shut the rest of my life off. I'm like, oh, were there? Did I? I, I always see like two now. I'm like, what did I used to do? <laughs> like, what did I go out and do? Did I go? I mean, you don't remember? No, barely. I mean, I. When's the last time I went to a museum? Uh, oh. Well, before right, right before COVID, actually, it was. Yeah. February, right before there COVID. It, they were having, it was a day where they were all open for free. It was a Tuesday. What did you say? Was it a Thursday or a Tuesday? Uh, MoMA. I went salmon. And it was really great. It was great. We walked in. And, oh, and I saw this really great photography exhibit upstairs, and it was about, um, it was all taken, it was pictures in New York from the 70s, and, um, and they were all African-American people and, like, their experience, and it was really cool. And I can't remember who. The photographer was. Who the photographer was, but it was awesome, yeah. and I enjoyed it very much. There was a, there were a couple things that I liked when I uh, that I can remember, and there was a they had a Magritte there, which made me very happy. I like, like Mag Magritte. I like Magritte quite I a like bit, Magritte. so I like to see it in person. Yeah, do but you, I don't where do you show your stuff at now? Uh, depends. Like right now, I mean, I just that was that was the Balboa last week, and then I'm working on this oh, thing actually oh. at the library, and. Uh, I was hoping to do it in February. You know, it's a black program, actually, oh, ironically, cool. you were mentioning. Right. And uh, I was hoping to do it in February. For, for Black, black History, History Month. Month. Yeah, hell yeah. But, and the woman I'm dealing with, who's the, the Af I don't know if you know, the African American Center. It's on, uh, yes. you know, it's on mm -hmm. the third floor uh, at the main library. Yep. Oh. And I'm uh, dealing with the curator there. And uh, so she was saying February's too soon. So we're talking like maybe May through July. But I think I'm going to push it back to the following. Juneteenth. Haha, Juneteenth. That's a good one. I'd like to do it in Black History Month, but it's that program is. Is it film? Yeah, it's okay. a combination. I only do like film program. It's a okay. combination of stuff I found and stuff I shot. Uh, and the subtitle is called Blacks in Experimental Film. The subtitle is Lost and or Forgotten Images of Blacks on Film. Oh, so like huh. lost film, lost images that I found. You know. Right. Oh my God, you know, that's so wow. That's basically what that program is. Wow. 
That's very cool. Please, Thanks. you need to advertise that. I live in the Bayview, which is the cool. African yeah, yeah, uh, American course, culture. Yeah, yeah, so like that. Well, there's got to be a place in the Bayview that would love to have well, that know, during Black House. History Month. One of my dreams yeah. was to show at the Opera House. I don't know if it's Yes, still, still, yeah, sure. you it's actually should. You should go kind of contact them. Yeah. 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 Screw the library. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, the library's great, but yeah, if they yeah. if they don't have time, like, it, but right. Black History Month, it's perfect. It's like perfect for yeah. the project. Yeah. Like, like I said, I may have to wait another year. You know, we'll we'll see how it goes. But I'd forgotten about the Opera House. But I always wanted to show because I used to go out there all the time. Or something on the Fillmore. So something. Um, There's still like a, a cultural no real, center. Yeah. The Heritage Center. Yeah. But right I, there. I suppose that they're trying to sell it or something. I don't know. But basically, you show wherever you can. I mean, I've shown churches. Uh, law offices, uh, theaters, bars. I mean, pretty much anywhere and everywhere you can show. I mean, that's where you show it, so. Yeah, that. I, yeah. I, I can't wait. I, Library. I, I want to. I want to see it because now I'm really intrigued. Yeah. Cool. I'm really intrigued because, like, as someone I used to do improv and what have you. Yeah. And I am kind of a theater film nerd. Yeah. And it's sad because there are a lot of black artists, uh, right. film, uh, filmmakers that don't get heard of. You know. Right. And right. plus, like you know, the, there's a lot of there aren't too Except, many. Except uh, Spike, uh, he's like the only Spike Lee. Spike oh, Lee. Well, no, but, Spike Lee. But I mean, he's not. Yeah. He's more like Melvin Van Peebles. More of R.I.P. Exactly. But um, but there's also other artists out there who have right. been doing it since probably like the 70s and 80s. Right. Well, Those and, are more major when I think of Spike right. Lee. Yeah. I'm but, really interested in the 70s stuff too because of all the blacks. The blacks. Exploitation yeah, right. Melvin Van Peebles. Stuff, yeah. I right. think, is like... Uh, Gordon, uh, Parks. Gordon Parks. Yeah. That stuff, I mean, those... Yeah. They're so they're so good. The music is great, and right. they, it's just a specific just time period. There's, like a, there's a great period of that time in filmmaking where there were a lot of black right. short filmmakers that mm. would do, like, uh, more kind of, like, uh, artsy things. Right. But, you know, they just didn't have a place to show it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I go to these screenings, there wouldn't, wouldn't be any blacks, there wouldn't be any Puerto Ricans, there wouldn't be. But it's funny, uh, there aren't many, you know, but since I got out of there's like one guy, this guy, Al Hernandez, who's like a really, he's Mexican, Mexican American. He's a really good, uh, I think a really good filmmaker. But there, like you said, there aren't too many. Yeah, but we're also, we're also starting to see there aren't too many art houses, uh, films that play art house movies now. It's starting to become yeah. a shortage, right. especially after, well, we're still in COVID. Right. But uh, the shutdown, yeah. yeah, the a lot of theaters have closed down. Yeah. Right, right. That would show these films and what have right. you. So now there need to be other venues to, yeah, you know, introduce these films to the masses. Well, Heck something yeah. will happen. I mean, that, that's how it always is, you know. But right. Somebody will sh- like start showing in their home or something. I mean, right. Like showing at somebody's house. You know? Well, now do you? Do you take the film and put it in digitally and project it, or do you actually have a projector, like an old school? Like an eight millimeter, you know, projectors. I, sh- I show wow. it on film. You know. Yeah, so, it's you really put the little. Yeah, no, I remember my dad. We when I was little, I remember we used to set up the projector every once in a while and watch. And he had um he had some Disney things. He had like Chip and Dale on um on the thing, and we'd watch it. And, uh, Danville is that? Yeah, Danville. Where's Danville? I Danville's think. on the in the East Bay. It's, oh, okay. It's uh, in front, right in front of um, Mount Diablo. So if you, it. yeah, it's like at the, the foot of Mount Diablo is Danville, you know, and it's it's on the 680. No, it's um it's on the it's on the 680. So it goes um, Pleasanton, uh, then San Ramon, Danville, 
Alamo, Walnut Creek. And then the other, and then you get into like, you know, Orinda and fucking Lafayette and all the rich. It's all the, it's the rich part of town is all, you know. Danville I grew up, uh, Danville, yeah, I grew up, I grew up, in, I grew up uh, exceedingly wealthy. I just didn't know really? it. Yeah. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't, I, I negate money's just a little piece of paper that float through my hands now. But, um, <laughs> but I don't, I mean, I guess it's, it was nice to, to grow up without having any needs that weren't met. I mean, I was never. I, I was a rich. I was a rich girl, so I was like, "I'm gonna be bulimic, so that <laughs> I have so a, much food that I'm just gonna waste it and throw it in the toilet." <laughs> but, but there were other needs that were needed that weren't had to do with any kind of economic kind of right, right, emotional needs and because yeah. my friends that I grew up with, they were they weren't wealthy or rich. They were upper middle class, and they were more fucked up than me. And they were the ones I would get my drugs from too. Ooh, <laughs> but, I love, hey, I tell you, I love drugs. Look how it works out there. I, I, I love drugs. I wish I, I really think I missed uh, my calling as a pharmacologist because I love drugs so much. Oh Not just doing that. I would have loved to be a pharmacologist. I just couldn't pass Oak. I couldn't pass Ochem. I could never be a doc. That's the only reason why I'm not a doctor right now. I would have loved to be to be a doctor. You definitely know your pills. You I do, and about. I yeah, I love drugs. I love them. I was telling the dentist yesterday. They're like, oh, you get migraines when did you? I said, well, I haven't had migraines since the, uh, you know, the '90s. And they said, well, what do they give for you? And I said, well, Imitrex hadn't been invented yet. They used to give me Phenobarb, Phenobarbital. And because um, it would just knock me out. And the, right. and the little dentist girl goes, oh, wow, yeah, we just don't give opiates out like that anymore. I go, oh, no, 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 it's a barbiturate. And the other, <laughs> the other dentist guy, he's like, excuse me? I'm like, I love drugs. But um, <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I do. I love drugs. I love. Sounds like an ad if I ever heard. I love benzos. I love them. I love them. I love them. Yeah, I'm, well, sc- I'm scared of I'm those. I'm sorry I don't have any on. No, that's okay. <laughs> L- lorazepam, diazepam. Pam, the, the two Pam family. The it's the two Pam family. That's what doctors call it for shorthand. They call it the two Pam family because it gives them two Pam. Yeah, the two Pam family. Lorazepam, diazepam. It's uh, it's all benzodiazepines like Valium and Xanax. Yeah. Oh, I love drugs. Oh, I love alcohol too. Alcohol is a drug. I think it's worse. It's it's terrible. It's just terrible. It. I I remember so little sometimes with the drinking. Yeah, I, I've been there, done. I'm clean. Oh, you are. Oh, How long have you been clean for? Take a, take a guess. Uh, I'm gonna to give you. Microphone. I'm gonna give you a decade. Longer. Really? Yeah. Uh, Not a sip of alcohol. Not a sip of alcohol. Wow. You, you ain't missing shit. <laughs> yeah. But do you smoke? <laughs> are you and other substances? Are you clean off everything, or is it just alcohol? What do you mean everything? Well, like, do you smoke weed? I haven't smoked weed actually. That's a story since the '70s. You haven't smoked weed since the '70s? Yeah, when I was in high school, and I used to deal. Yeah, I stopped because I, I uh, it's a long story. Because it was somebody... crazy illegal back then and super scary. No, that's no? Well, that's when it was fun, you know. Now it's <laughs> somebody, I was in the Bronx, I went to high school in the Bronx, and we were in oh, Harris okay. Field, we used to hang out across from the high school, and somebody gave me, uh, I took a toke off of a joint, and the next thing I woke up, you know where the Bronx is in Manhattan? Yes, sure. Another two different boroughs. Two different boroughs. So I ended up, mm-hmm. next thing I woke up in a phone booth in Manhattan. What? No awareness of how I got there. You know, I, I had to cross the street, got on the subway. We're talking like an hour trip. No memory of it. Somebody's <sighs> saying, hello, hello. Is anybody there? It was my best friend who lived across the street. That's after that, that's the last time I ever had any pot. I, wow. Angel, angel oh. dust. You know, angel dust. That oh. happened. So that was, uh, it's a marijuana I haven't had since the 70s. That's... Alcohol, 25 years. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Wow. My mom 
has the same story. She dusted. She, she was she, dusted. Yeah. She was dusted. She saw large bunny rabbits, <laughs> and she won't smoke. I, I'm trying to get her into edibles because she's uh, 64, and I'm like, really, it's for your pain, not because yeah. I'd rather you do that than take right. a pill or what have you. I want to see but, giant invisible rabbits. <laughs> but, Come but the on. thing is, she was like, but they were driving, and so oh, yeah, that, that's that could be, that could be a problem. That's I, that could be a problem. <laughs> giant <laughs> rabbits driving. Yeah. Oh my god, I want to be inside. I want that hallucination right now. Every family smokes weed, but the fact right. is, she's like, there's PCP. Yeah, right. And she's like, yeah, and she hasn't smoked since 1976. It's the same story. Out I, here? She's out here? Where? Oh, no, no. She's in Chicago. Okay. I live, I'm, I lived in, I'm from the Midwest. Sounded like it. Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got <laughs> dusted once, but it wasn't, it, it was terrible, but it wasn't that terrible. Because I was it. with two of my friends. I didn't enjoy it. I didn't know it was going to happen. That's the thing is like, and I do, and I love drugs and I respect them. Therefore, I would never dose anybody without their knowledge. I think yeah, that's right. just the worst thing you can do to a person. Yeah. It's just not okay. Like, it's right. just not, uh, don't, don't, don't give people it's drugs like without their knowledge. Jesus Christ, it's no be fun. You somebody, dude. Well, I yeah, mean, right. it's like acid or, I mean, but you could, if you, if, yeah. One time I woke up, well, when drunk Pam gave Pam, blackout Pam gave Pam acid once and Pam wakes up out of her blackout here at three in the morning and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Who gave me acid? You were here at three o'clock in the morning. Well, because I guess I'd passed out or something, and the guys had locked me in. I don't remember any of this. And uh, I, I wake up and I'm looking around and I'm like, I'm on acid. I can't figure out how the phone works. I'm just like, oh my <laughs> god. And then I'm, I'm sitting here yeah. going, who fucking gave me drugs? So I, the next right. day I ask the guys, I'm like, what the fuck happened? And they go, well, right. you, you gave yourself drugs. And I was like, what? Oh, wow. And they said, one of the guys was on stage and he was like, I've got acid. Who wants to do acid? And you were like, me, me, me. And I was, I don't remember that. Uh-oh. And th- and then they said, oh, you're pretty wasted. And, I, and they said, take two hits. And I said, no, 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 I'm not crazy. I'll just take one hit. Now, I don't remember any of this, right? And I wake up. So that's why my buddy was like, I figured you were pretty lucid because you said two hits. That's crazy. Just one hit. <laughs> You're being a little bit slightly responsible. Being slightly it. responsible. If I would have taken two hits, oh my God, who knows what would have happened? But I, I, um, I, I roofied myself. You roofied yourself. I roofied myself. All because of alcohol. See, because of alcohol. I know. Like, kudos to you, because I, I would like right. to be a quitter. Yeah. Well, you don't have to. I mean, if you enjoy it. You know. Oh well, the thing is, I, I. Proselytizing. No, 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 well, the thing is, as a, I I just retired as a bartender. Cool. And um, I've seen some of the things that it does, and I I'm right. not gonna say. I mean, I like it. Yeah. I'm not gonna say. Oh God, I enjoy the shit out of it. Maybe like five, ten years ago, but I don't right. want to end up doing acid like she did. <laughs> I've already been in the car and had a DUI 15 years ago. You know, stuff yeah. like that. Well, and never so, and then I think it also, you know, as you get older, it eats your brain. Like, for example, uh-huh. your your memory. Right. Um, like, I haven't been able to write as much. And right. I think, you know, people talk about, like, you know, having a nice glass of wine and getting creative. That happens once in a while. But I think, you know, depending on the person that you are, you can also drink that whole bottle of wine and not really. Oh, I love, you, you know. I love drinking a bottle of wine. Your creativity becomes Ooh. a little bit sloppy. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I, but I, I bought it. all that stuff when I was younger, and then at some point, you know, if anything, it destroys your creativity. But I mean, yeah. w- whatever works, if that's what works for you. At some point, it did work for me, but then it just got to a point where, uh, you know, it was it's unmanageable. Trying, it's fine. I kept trying to stop, and I couldn't stop, and then something really 
bad ha- I almost died and that's what caused me to stop. Otherwise, yeah. I probably would have died or I, w- I would have, because the number of times I almost died. Woo. I probably right. would have kept doing it. I probably would either be alive and still doing it. Sure. Something really, that that was the only thing that stopped me. Yeah. I, I had blackouts, all that stuff. Yeah, so, that's yeah. welcome. Uh, yeah. I, I uh, felt I miss it. last year. You said you don't? Good, don't. <laughs> in, uh, right before the pandemic. Extra calories. I fell on my face because I was drunk, and now I have I have stitches. You fell uh, on your face? I fell on my face on Fell Street. Funny enough, wow. I was on Fell Street. Yeah. Did you? No, no, no. In uh, February 2020, February 1st, 2020. Right before this whole. Right thing, before yeah. the whole thing started, I was drunk at a show, yeah. and um, and the only regret I have about the whole thing is that I had a shitty set because I was so drunk. But I was leaving the show. Shitty set? Shitty set. set. I was a comedian. Oh, a comedy yeah. set. What's your set, set or set? Set. <laughs> set. Shitty set. So I, I was leaving the place and I was so dejected because I was like, ugh, I had right. a terrible set and I, it was because I'm so drunk. And I'm walking down the street on a fell street and I fell. Right. And I busted oh open my eye. Great, man. Yeah, I got 15 stitches. But um, it, it's, it was great because the way she stitched me up, she gave me a little brow lift. So right. it's kind of like I got a little free, like, I got like a little medical facelift <laughs> on one need, side. Did you, did you want a facelift? Did you? Well, I mean, it is, I'm 47. I kind of needed you? it. Yeah, but so I, next time I fall, I have to fall on the other side of my face <laughs> to make it even. Right? To make it even, or or maybe I can fall on my chest and I can get a medical boob job. There you know, you go, like they'll just stick them in. Free, It'll be freebie, nice. You know? Ouch, yeah. dude. So well, like that happen all the time. I had like. Not on. It was on concrete. Your sounds like yours was concrete. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was a brick. A little. It, I fell. It was a little brick thing. It's right corner of a brick thing on the street. Yeah. Sounds like you're lucky you didn't lose your eye. I am lucky I didn't lose my eye. I am. I'm very very lucky I didn't lose my eye. Yeah, mine were like on. I remember waking at snow. You know, Ooh. New York. I'd be. You know, like snow. Yeah, I'd be in a bank of snow and I'd wake up. Oh my God. Yeah, fall, falling into a bank of snow and I'd wake up. I was protected by the snow. I didn't hit my head. But you woke up in the snow, so you could have frozen to death. But if you were, I I didn't freeze to death. But I mean, that's what happened. I had a buddy one time. I think another time with it was always with snow. You know, luckily. (laughs) And the guy woke me up, and I was like, you know, I I literally left the bar. This bar on Prince Street. I don't know if you know Mm -hmm. Manhattan at all, but I walked out and then collapsed right next to the bar, actually, in the snow. You know. Thank God in the snow. Yeah, the snow. I don't know how to think for snow, I guess. So wait, so you obviously you're a New Yorker. How long have you been here in SF? I've been here 30 years. Now. Oh, right. oh wow! It's my 30th anniversary. Oh right on! Happy anniversary! Wow! And 30 so years. within the last 30 years, how, oh, how what? Yeah, you know where I was going with that. What? <laughs> you, I think you heard. I think you. How's San Francisco changed? changed? Yeah. In the in the 30 uh, years you've been here. I think about here. that all the time. I was thinking about it today. Actually, I was thinking about how. Uh, just walking around here, you know, and <laughs> how, you know, it was last night, actually, it was up, because I've, I've been up all night, it was up in the middle of the night, and I was eating or something in my kitchen, and I have an apartment now, I didn't have an apartment then, but just how it was, and coming from New York, you know, downtown 81, mm-hmm. I left in the 80s, right I left on. New York in the 80s, I went to New Orleans and started traveling oh. before I got out of here, but Love it was like, and I would tell people, what's San Francisco like? San Francisco is like... It's like the Lower East Side. It's like the whole city is like the Lower East Side. Huh. And that's what it was like when I came out here. And I was thinking last night, and I didn't know you were going to ask this question, just how it has become less like that. Oh. It, the whole city, and then I was, there's a show going on also at the library right now, San Francisco 80s punk show going on. Oh. I don't know if you know about that show. No. It's really she good. Loved, that's right in Toya's 
fucking wheelhouse. Down at the library, and I know some of the people in the show, and I got here in the 91 and the 90s, and there were still vestiges left over from the 80s thing. And, you know, I was still into, like, you know, New York in the 80s and 70s. And it was a different vibe. But what's, I think what's... And then I went to a show a couple years ago, German punk in the 80s in Berlin, nice. and it looked like it could have been the Lower East Side. So I huh. think there's, like, this... You know, I don't That's know if you know what I'm awesome. saying, but like cross country, cross, you know, uh, different uh, Europe and here, you know, there was similarities. I mean, who knew? I mean, I didn't know. I, I didn't know the same thing was going on in Germany, you know, but it felt weird seeing that show. But I think the thing about San Francisco, though, which what made it the whole city like the Lower East Side, if you, if you know what I'm saying. Yes. If you know the Lower East Side. Like the Browery. Yeah, just a certain vibe, like everything yeah. was like, you know, it was inexpensive, you know, yeah, you need a lot of money, you know, I came here with no money, I didn't know anybody. It's where the artists were. And they kind of made, I used to tell people, I'm in love with this woman, her name is San Francisco. It's like, <laughs> it, it, it embraces you, it embraced me, you know. It, I don't, yeah. it's not that still, still that same feeling. I, I mean, I, I, came in, I came in 2007 and I only had $2,000 on me, and that was it, and a, tr- and a truck full of nothing. I had less than that. I had. <laughs> you are, you are, you are one. But that was, I mean, that was a different economy. Probably, it would probably be the similar, like. But it's changed drastically. I mean, it's just, you know, it's more gentrified. It's more, you know, but I, I, I can't complain because I, I live in the same, I've had the same part for 17 years. Nice. Good for you. And the reason I live there is my rent is like super cheap. Yeah, rent control. Rent Fuck controlled. yeah. Well, this neighborhood, when I first Otherwise, moved I here, in, in 2007, when I first moved here, you were more liable to get hit by a bullet. Bullet. Like oh, yeah. a something, a stray bullet, but right. now you're gonna get hit by a stroller. Like there's just right. so many children. It's like yeah, the right. safest. This is like oh the mission. It's like the nicest surface plus. Well, you know? San Francisco does not have as many children. Believe as, it or not, it is not a child friendly city. Well, this as, this neighborhood is for sure. I will I will Something's I will not right. I will not say I will not doubt you on that because I have seen more strollers. That is for sure. Yeah. But. I will say this is the first. Yeah, I'm about to throw shade on San Francisco again. Here I go. Um, this is the first city I've ever lived in, minus living in a small town in misery, where the misery. city. Yeah, I call it that. Right. Um, where I've lived in a city that does not have any soul and there's no scene. Right. And you know, it, it's kind of sad too because everything that I've read and seen and grown up right. and like, you know. Certain things were before my time that I found so cool and was fascinated right. and wanted to be around those people who are still lingering. Right. They're, it's gone because of what you said of gentrification. Right. And then some. I mean, the city's too goddamn high, high. number one. Yeah. And, prices, yeah. And when people say, oh, it's so diverse. No, no. Come on with the lies. The city's not diverse. How long have you been at it? I've been here since 2013. Okay. Yeah. Almost yeah. Yeah, so at this point, I give myself a little bit, like I said, after the five-year mark, I can start bitching and complaining. Um, but the first time I came out here was in 2001, and it was right before the dot-com crash. Right. And then I was just like, you know, I don't get the, I don't get a nice vibe. I think I'm there's too much money involved, you know, for a place yeah. that's seven by seven. But what I do like about SF, though, is it's built on neighborhoods, just like how in Chicago, because I lived in Chicago for eight or for 11 years. You're still built on neighborhoods. And I do appreciate that. I love my neighborhood. Um, I love what neighborhood you said Bayview. I I live in Bayview. Yeah. Um, Though you're going to get pop, 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 pop gunshots once in a while. But you will get that over here in the mission or in my neighborhood, the Richmond. 
Oh, in the Richmond? A fight broke out last night about 2 o'clock in the morning in the Jack in the Box. Oh, shit. It was weird, yeah. People are wilding out. Yeah. Have you noticed? That Jack in the Box is kind of notorious, yeah. Oh, it's I notorious. I don't, I don't know if you know that. It's on Geary. I lived on Geary. Oh, over there. Okay. It's like 24-hour, you know. It's a 24-hour yeah. one? But they, you could see it was like watching a fight from a distance, you know. <laughs> like watching, like being at Madison Square Garden. These guys, you know, they They're were like, square enough oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh yeah, they were. Because the thing is, you know, I don't know, you know, I don't know, what you know about boxing or fighting, but generally, a lot of times people just talk, mm -hmm. you know, and nothing ever happens. These right. guys right immediately hold, hold me back. Hold so, I mean, me if back. If it's gonna happen, it usually happens very quickly, and that's what happened. And then at some point, because I wasn't that close, I, there's a bar on the corner, and over the bartender say, yeah, it's it's there's a fight in the Jack in the Box, two on one, you know. <laughs> like two guys beating up, but they were, you know, doing the whole the whole deal, man. You know? Oh, they were really square enough for real. Yeah, yeah. which mean, was interesting, and you know, but weird stuff happens. I mean, that's a nice neighborhood, supposedly, but I've seen weird stuff happen. Yeah, we I'm, were talking about how it's uh, changed since you've been here, and how. Yeah, and here. that's only within a short period of time. And not saying that when I moved here in 2013, it was just like, oh yeah. my god, I just I've seen a lot of my artist friends go right. and leave. And so I try to at least, you know, I go to Oakland a lot more now because yeah. there seems to be right. a better art scene and yeah. music scene and stuff going on over there. Right. Even with all the, the coronavirus thing going on, it's still happening. Yeah. Yeah. Things are have opened up a little bit more like they, you know, right. I've been to at least a couple of uh, showings and stuff in Oakland. You know, some have been outdoor and some have been indoor. We're in Oakland. I'm um, um, oh, what street is that? Uh, on first Fridays, they had the galleries open a oh, yeah, couple yeah. weeks ago. We were right off of uh, 25th Street. Oh, yeah. So yeah. They're still doing first Friday. Yes. In the middle of all. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They, they just started in uh, October was the first one since. Um, so, but, so do you ever. It's hard to know what's open. Or not. Oh, well, yeah, because we don't know. <laughs> Everything is like, nothing is 100%. It, yeah, especially with how we have the holidays coming, and I'm sure, right. you know, there's going to be a spawn of another deadly virus or a, That's not, what they're threatening. Yeah, yeah. and no. so are we going to be shut down again for right. 2022? And That's what they're saying. Well, I know. You were going to ask me a question or something. Do I, I something? Oh yeah, I was going to ask. So do you do you do you miss New York at all? Uh, I get asked that from time to time. I I have a buddy who I, he's about the longest friend. I, he was a friend out here. He's I've known him for 40 years. That's saying how how old I am. But he uh, I saw him recently, and he likes to give me a hard time about being a New Yorker and being from Manhattan. Last time I said busting my chops about it. <laughs> but I don't think I'm that much of a New Yorker. Do I miss it? I go back with some regular. I was going back a lot. I was actually probably bi-coastal at some point. Oh, cool. But I'm really uh, pretty done with New York. I mean, pretty tired of it you know? that's how i feel about chicago i you get know? it even here to a certain extent but i don't know where i would go next you know and i'm not going to travel with all this going on right now i've done new york is about the extent of my travel but yeah, i think I, if i was going to go somewhere else i'd go to another country probably it's that's tough nice. right now when you go to another country because they are the, it's you can go there and it isn't a problem right. but then coming back they expect you to have a yeah. covid test coming back in a lot of places right. you have to do your due diligence to figure out where you're going to get this test right. to bring it within a certain amount of time to the airport so that you can right. come back. So I was saying, well, just go to Walgreens and get the 10-minute test and bring them with you and then bring them on the way back. And they're like, geez, I don't know if the airport would accept that. I'm like, why wouldn't they accept that? It's a COVID test. You do it right in front of them. It takes 10 minutes. So it's like yeah. with COVID, it's not hard to go somewhere. It's just once you're right. there. 
<laughs> can you come home? Well, it sounds like you've done that. You, I was gonna say it sounds like you've I haven't. Done. Um, I haven't traveled. Yeah, I, right. I'm not getting on an airplane with anybody. Yeah, right. uh, every time I get on an airplane, anyway, You're before right. COVID, I'd get sick. Right. I get like just the recycled air, and right. like I just I'm susceptible. I'm real sensitive, so I would always. Anytime I've traveled, right. I always get sick on planes. Probably not a good idea. Not a, not a good idea for not the safest thing. Um, yeah. And not like my number one choice, but I have. I have done, I have at home COVID test and I keep them there because I, I was testing weekly for free down the street, but then I got the sniffles and I wanted to make sure it wasn't COVID, but I didn't even know. So I was afraid to leave the house. So I had my buddy come bring me some tests and I tested myself and I was negative, but that was the thing. And I, then I was thinking too, like, all I have is the sniffles. If this is COVID, then it really ain't that fucking bad. <laughs> like, I think I, I think I had it at some point. You think I you think had, I had, it? had it before they had a word for it? Oh, I've heard that from people that they think they had it in like December or January. They got real sick. 2019. Yeah. The the guy I mentioned known 40 years, he was saying he had, because I haven't seen him. Seeing him the other night was the first time I'd seen him since this whole thing happened. And he was saying he had certain symptoms and he went to the, they said he had pneumonia. But it sounded oh. really similar to what I had, and then some of my, I think sure. I gave my friends. Well, and pneumo- got it from somebody else who had it. Pneumonia makes sense because it's it's respiratory distress. But the right. thing it's different is that I guess pneumonia is when you have water on the lungs. And the weird thing right. about COVID is it doesn't really affect. And this is why they put people on ventilators, and that was a mistake. But they didn't know enough right. about the disease because really it's about how much oxygen your blood can carry. So right. when COVID attacks you, it makes you not be able to breathe because your blood is literally not oxygenated enough. Right. So no matter how much you're breathing, right. you're still not getting right. oxygen in your blood yeah. because of the because of whatever the virus does. And that's why it's scary. But they didn't right. even they didn't explain that very well like it took it took months for me to actually understand what covid was yeah right and it's a it's a blood virus what i had was uh it was like december like i said i got it from this woman that i met i was hanging out with her and she had this really bad cough Mm. she's southern california i was hanging out with her in southern california then i had the cough and then i inherited the cough from her and then i had i couldn't for a solid week, I couldn't breathe and I oh, couldn't good. stop coughing. Oh. So it sounded really similar to what became known as the coronavirus. Sure. The main thing, I didn't have the smell and taste thing. I didn't. Oh. Yeah, that is the key. Yeah. We had lots of smell and like taste. Something was going around. It, that, like you said. I, sure. There were some uh, uh, instances that I was reading because in 2019, like December into January, I was in Asia. Wow. Well, and I, we're in Asia. I, I, was, uh, I was in a. Thailand cool. and then I was in Shanghai. Well. Um, but I came back like January eighth yeah. or ninth. Yeah. And then like that you were starting to hear things about it, especially right. in China and what have you. And I wasn't right. paying any attention to it until right. like February where they were talking about people with a rare disease and stuff like right. or you know, and then that turned out to be the virus. And it looks like it's mutating. Yeah. To something come this holiday, it's gonna mutate into something else. Well, my my buddy who just came in said he just got his booster shot, which I need to go get. I mean, that's what we have to do. We all have to get boosters now, and they'll update my Vax card, and it's gonna be one of those things. Like, all right. I mean, it's I'm fine. (laughs) I believe in science. I mean, uh, (laughs) I know it can be very vague, right? I believe I believe in science. If if this is what we need, depending what kind of poking. <laughs> but it sounds but like you I'm went to Brazil. Is that I overheard earlier? Oh no, I was talking you about. Been to Brazil. I not not yet. I was talking about the uh, uh, people, uh, uh, us of the African diaspora. Okay. Um, okay. Where the most of us 
end yeah. up ended up in Brazil. Yeah. And she didn't know that Brazil uh, slave trade. Yeah. I had no idea. I yeah. And they're, and they're the ones that uh, that had slavery the longest here till yeah, right. 1880. That's just crazy I have a to me. Buddy, he made it. Check out his documentary. It's called Quilombo, which is a section of Brazil where the slave trade was. It's called Quilombo Country, and it's like an hour long documentary. Uh, came out about ten or more years ago, but that's the one documentary on that subject. How do you spell it? Uh, is it K K E L U? No, 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 I think it's Q U I L O M B O. I think country. Quilombo. Portuguese. Yeah. Oh, there yeah. we go. Well, we are wrapping it up. So, uh, where can people find you, or find your art, or find your films, or find you in the future? Uh the library at this point. At the library. Yeah, the library. All right. Thank you. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Hey everybody, uh, hit up some comedy this week. Yes, <laughs> I'm I'm so singularly focused. Th- thank you for being here. Thank, thank you. you. And uh, I want to check out some of your films. Are they anywhere like online or anything? They're just at the library. You just said that. analog, analog, real. Somebody, somebody thing. wrote an article and they put stole some stuff. That was like back in the nineties. That you stole some stuff? No, no. Some guy wrote oh. an article. Uh, Hotwired, you know that. Yes, magazine. yeah. Some guy wrote an article and he stole. Uh, I did a screening at the Roxy, you know the Roxy. Roxy. He stole some stuff without my permission. But other than that, there's nothing. There shouldn't be anything on the uh, on online. The, yeah, on purpose. Keep it traditional. Thanks. And our Wi-Fi went down. All right. Uh, well, I'm like, I got things to fix, people. I'm sorry. Um, everyone have a wonderful day, and yeah. I hope to see everyone again soon. And Toya next week. Uh, next week. Uh, Thursday, Bar Dolores Comedy. Friday here at the station. Saturday, 2 p.m. Atlas. And have a good Thanksgiving next week, everybody. Uh, yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Let's watch movie on I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Let's Spiegelman. We're hosts of follow us on podcast by with our acronym l-w-a-f-l-m-o-y-t we watch a full-length movie on youtube with you and you listen to the podcast and watch the movie at the same time yeah l-w-a-f-l-m-o-y-t l-w-a-f-l-m-o-y-t that's every sunday 2 p.m pacific standard time or if you're carl five percent five percent right i'm so lazy three hours later i finally get to the show 5 p.m let's hear the theme song Oh, uh, uh, let's watch full-length movies. Oh, wait, let's do a full-minute promo. Oh, never mind. Bye. See, ya. See you next month. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship 
as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey, Mutineers, Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Since 1971, the San Francisco Tenants Union has been fighting for the rights of tenants and for the preservation of affordable housing in San Francisco. Starting from the struggle for rent control in the 1970s, the Tenants Union has been the city's leading advocate for tenants. The Tenants Union is supported by membership and counseling donations, and this enables advocacy to be uncompromising and not influenced by pressures from government or other funders. It is a 501c4 since it campaigns for political candidates, so generally donations are not tax-deductible, although large donations may qualify. Please visit WFTU.org for more information. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Black, black, plastic. Mutiny Radio. FM. Saturday. Noon to two. Every Saturday. All music. All night. ACLU of California reminds us that we have the right to speak out. Both the California Constitution and the First Amendment to the United States Constitution protect our rights to free expression. There are many questions we face when we decide to organize and speak out. Do we need a permit? Are there limitations? Or when or when can we not demonstrate? What about civil disobedience? For all of this information, please check out ACLUNC.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Alex! Can you tell me what food relieves insomnia, anxiety, stress, chronic brain, depression, nausea, and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite? I'm going to guess waffles. <laughs> that is incorrect. <laughs> Actually, Alex, the food I'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts. Cannabis-based medicinal extracts? That sounds like you're smoking drugs, Ed. No, baby. There are smokeless, safe, and less expensive alternatives. Just smoke it. But can I use it to sleep? Yes, baby! Good! 
because I'm so excited by this that I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Safe sex is more than just avoiding STIs and pregnancy, no matter what you're into. Make sure that you and those around you feel safe, comfortable, and are having a good time. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be... Like in front of an audience? Like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> San Francisco Mutiny Radio San Francisco Mutiny Radio Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast And you can listen on the go Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. MutinyRadio.fm Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. 
It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. who have an insatiable appetite for all things in life, who scream at nothing and everything at the same time, who dance till sunup, who cause the sun to set again with irreverent bow, who rival the moon with gravitational force, who leave rooms feeling empty and earthquake struck, who don't give a fuck, who make, who do, who dream out loud and laugh like maniacs, who draw shock and awe on faces graced with watching, who create from the soul of an orgasm, who swagger even alone in the shower, who fight with passion, and love with passion and our passion who catapult over cliffs in the name of revolution who would rather die than fall in line to conform who constantly challenge the norm who greet each and every day as if just born i say to you i know your greatness the way a suicide jumper knows weightless just before the impact and in fact i know it best when i say to you i love you (laughs) 